Savannah Sibbles has a special. job Savannah and uh, <clears throat> great to see everyone here tonight glad that you're here go ahead and open your Bibles the book of Acts chapter 8 I want to speak tonight on the subject of whenever tough times drive us to our knees whenever tough times drive us to our knees you know a lot of times uh, It's easy to coast as a Christian. It's easy to... <clears throat> Have you ever noticed how your prayer life 
My mom said uh, she likes to say that she developed a whole nother level for her prayer life whenever her oldest started driving. <laughs> a whole nother level of prayer started taking off. And it seems like there, sometimes those events take place. Uh, there's something that'll happen, a tragedy, a uh, very, uh, especially as a parent, an anxious moment with your child. You can develop a whole new level of prayer when something's going on with one of your kids or one of your grandkids. Sometimes you think, well, why me, Lord? Why did this problem happen? Why did this situation occur? But think about this. What if, it, and it's kind of like that Mercy Me song, Lord, if it, it takes the rain for me to praise you, then Lord, bring the rain. And uh, and I could get Mercy Me and Casting Crowns mixed up, but y'all, we can figure it out later. But there's a couple of songs out there like that that talk about the I'll praise you in the storm, which I think is a Casting Crown song. Which means this, when tough times hit, will you still give God praise? That's what happened with Job. Whenever he got his life got hit, what did he say? The Lord hath gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, this famous section here in Acts chapter 8 goes like this. It says that, uh, of course, is about the man named Saul. We talked about him the other day. And how that he was persecuting the Christians. And how this great change in his life took place. Acts 8.3. It says this. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church. Entering into every house. Inhaling men and women. And committing them to prison. Well, <clears throat> when that happened... That sounded like a terrible tragedy. Basically, uh, and you know, it sounds like uh, right now, you know, what if it were become a crime for you to be a Christian? Would there be enough evidence to convict you? Uh, the I've got a neat little book I read in junior high. Uh, it says it's the name of it. The author's name is Harlan Popov. I've got it on my Kindle. He's a Polish pastor that the Russians came in and threw him into prison. And the name of it is called Tortured for His Faith. And uh, just a neat story that I ran across and talks about the torture that they were... But what happened was he was able to witness to all these prisoners while he was in jail. Wow. Well, the very next verse in Acts 8, 4, what does it say? Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. So basically, God took persecution, and he used persecution to get the word out all over that region there. Well, there's several attitudes that you and I need to have when it comes to persecution, when it comes to going through difficult times. One of the fellows in the Bible who had a lot to say about it was the half-brother of Jesus. Jesus had a half-brother, and his name was James. And he wrote the book of James. So let's head there to James chapter 1, just setting up. So if tough times hit, if difficulties come upon your life, what kind of attitude should we have? 
Okay? The, I love it when the Bible even tells us what kind of attitude we need. In James chapter 1, verse 1, we'll start there. <clears throat> now, James, the brother of John, a lot of, I used to think that this was him. I don't know when I learned the difference, but... I, I, I said, James, I know James, that's the half, I mean, excuse me, that's the brother of John, James and John. Well, that James got to the son of Zebedee, he got killed in Acts chapter 12, so he didn't get to write a book. Matter of fact, he was one of the first martyrs and one of the first pastors of the church, and Peter was next, he was co-pastor, and he was about to get his head chopped off, and uh, they had a holy jailbreak, and that's a neat story. But so this is James. Most uh, scholars, Bible students, and all say this is the James as the half-brother of Jesus that wrote this one. And he says, James, the servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. Why are they scattered? Why are those twelve tribes scattered? Well, because of persecution. So he's already addressing the topic. Now, right now, you and I aren't under any physical persecution. I don't you might be, and I don't know, for your faith. But you can receive emotional persecution from your friends. They can call you names. You can receive the same kind of persecution at work or wherever from amongst your peers. And then he says, so those 12 tribes, they're scattered everywhere. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations. Uh, James 1-2 is what I call, Brother Michael Reese has a title for this verse right here. You've got to be kidding me verse. That's a you've got to be kidding me verse. You want me to what? <laughs> oh, praise the Lord, I just got called a name. <laughs> praise the Lord, I almost lost my job. I was trying to read my Bible and it went from break time into work time and, you know, or whatever the case may be. And, and so, or, or maybe you got called out on trying to witness to somebody or maybe, you know, to count it all joy about the, you know, and I've shared this, the only physical persecution I've ever received is somebody spit in my face one time whenever I was trying to witness to them. So, you know, that, that was uh, not very pleasant. It wasn't very fun to go through, but how do you respond? You know, praise the Lord. Thank you for that. You know, how, how do you respond, you know? You know, and then, yeah, you can say, well, I just beat the fire out of them. Uh, then tell them about Jesus after you get a hold of them, you know? Say, yeah, now you want to be saved, don't you? You know? <laughs> how do you like them apples, you know? So <laughs> what do you do? Your hands are kind of tied in that uh, situation as far as uh, retaliation goes. And so you're, you're just trying to tell them about Jesus. You're trying to tell them about the Lord. You know, but imagine the disciples the same way. Denounce your faith or I'm going to kill you. It gets even hairier. And this is if there's books in our library, uh, two of them, Fox's Book of Martyrs and uh, Churches in the Valley of Piedmont. That's in the church history section if you ever go in there. And it, it has, they didn't have cameras back in the, when the books were written. And uh, so they have... Uh, illustrations, written illustrations inside there of some of the torturous things they did to our forefathers during the Dark Ages, uh, impelling all the way through uh, when the stake comes out your neck, okay, and lining the roads with Christians in those days. And so on, that was another form of crucifixion. They didn't nail you, they impelled you. And so there's several ways to be hung up. 
uh, on a cross or on upon a stick or on a pole, and it, they're all in there. But imagine this. I couldn't imagine this being in a situation when, uh, where what if you lived in a country and they got a hold of your family and they said, I'm going to kill your family unless you deny Jesus as your Savior. What would you do? And people see that, and however how you respond is going to have a great impact. You know, and the story goes, uh, uh, matter of fact, this is in one of uh, Chuck Swindoll's uh, uh, books, and he was telling this story, uh, this particular Christian that lived through World War II and after the Cold War and the KGB days, and they were having an underground church meeting somewhere there in Russia. And uh, I could look up the illustration for you. And all of a sudden, here comes the KJB. And they bust into the uh, underground church. And they go in through there. And they say, all who are not ready, and you've got one chance. Deny Jesus. You've got one chance. Deny Jesus. We're about, you say that, and you can walk out. We'll let you live. It'll be all right. All you got to do is deny Jesus. You will live. Everybody and your children in this house church had about 20-something people in it. And all of them stayed. They were about to pull their triggers. Or so they thought. And then the KGB guys set their gun down and said, Don't worry, we're Christians too. But it was the only way we could find out if y'all were the real thing or not. And they began to worship with them. See, I've never been through anything like that. I've never faced that. But Christians in James's day, had, they were going through that. And you that's one of these, you've got to be kidding me verses. Count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, when my life is in a turmoil, in a, you, you know, you can fill in the blank on this verse. When my life is in a, a wreck, in a disarray, why have I got cancer? Why is this happening? Folks, if God can get the glory, then you need to praise the Lord. That's an amen from Maley. Okay. And, uh, well, let's read on. Knowing this, verse 3, that the trying of your faith Worketh patience. That's why we always say, my dad, I'll never forget it. I've shared this, I think. And uh, he first started going back to church uh, after he got saved. And he said, uh, I got a prayer request. Anybody got any prayer requests? Uh, yeah, pray. Y'all pray for me that I'd have more patience. And he was about to say with his mom, my memo, Reese, because uh, she was working him over then, and uh, just different things, and and they all went, "No, you don't want to pray for patience. Bad stuff will happen to you." <laughs> and he's, but he, it's okay to pray for a little. <laughs> it just means you'll have a flat tire, <laughs> or something like that. You know, how how many of us would lose our patience with a flat tire? Sure, none of us like to be inconvenienced, but you know what you need to say. I'll never forget one time I was in, me and my dad were pulling, it was like 24 head of cattle in this old trailer. He loved and fixing stuff till there's nothing left, you know. He, he, he has a, a place, kind of like Steve has a place, where there's extra stuff accumulated. 
I might need that, you know. And Larry, that's it. so you might need that. So big on Larry. I looked over there and saw Larry giggling. And uh, so he he got stuff everywhere. There's I might need that. And we were driving a 1971 International Scout, and we were pulling. It was and it was and then all of a sudden we had a blowout. And we got and Dad he reached across. I was <clears throat> a young teenager. He reached across and grabbed me, and because uh, we weren't wearing seatbelts. And before the laws came out that way, and uh, and it was like, what? And that thing was just, that. and those cows were, the truck wasn't driving the trailer. The trailer was driving the truck. And when we got out, and all we said, he was, even though he wasn't a Christian at the time, he said, praise the Lord. He wasn't saved when that happened, but he said, praise the Lord. You can praise the Lord even in a flat tire. Why? Because it could have been worse. It could have been worse. And there's a lot of times things we need to, even in a bad situation, because this, that a small problem can do a lot of good. But it, if you look at it the right way, some people don't ever look at problems the right way. How would the Lord want us to look at them? Okay? Just a couple more minutes. I've got you. Thank you so much. Again, hanging in there. Y'all doing great. But let, verse 4, but let patience have her perfect, or that just means complete work, that you may be mature, perfect, and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like the sea driven by the wind and tossed, for let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. And then it says a double, verse 8, and all this kind of ties together. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. All of that ties in to say this. If I've got my eyes focused upon him, a double-minded man, or a man that's not asking of faith. In other words, I'm, I'm flip-flopping. Do I live for God or do I not live for God? Do I give God the credit when things go well and blame God when things don't go well? He says, look to him in faith, giving him all the honor and glory, giving him all the credit. Asking God for wisdom, asking God for direction. And then it says, even when you get something, verse 7, let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. So no matter what we get or don't get, let's give him the praise. And then it goes on to say a, a double-minded man is, or if you flip, flop back and forth. Well, <clears throat> this this kind of, uh, ends it up and it's a great verse there's a couple other things talking about pride and that's verse 9 and verse 10 uh, and what have you going through difficulties pride right in there well verse 12 kind of is a neat summary let's look at that and uh, we'll, we're going to have a hymn of invitation uh, James 1 12 blessed is the man that endureth temptation <clears throat> The word temptation there also means a test. It could be either or. For when he is tried, he shall receive a crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them 
that love love him. <clears throat> Whenever we go through difficulties, does God get the glory? Whenever we go through difficulties, how do you look at it? God, what do you want me to do with this problem? God, what do you want me to do with this situation? What are you trying to teach me? And then whenever you don't see a way out, this old adage, what do you do when you don't know what to do? (laughs) That's a tough one. What do you do when you don't know what to do? Well, I guarantee you we need to go to the Lord. Lay it all at His feet. Just tell Him, Lord, I haven't got a clue. And you know what God will say? I've got you right where I want you. I've got you right where I want you. Because if you got it figured out, then what do you need Him for? I've I've been there. I've I, have you ever have you ever tried your plan and then said, well, I should have prayed about this. I have. I tried my plan; it didn't work. And then I said, oops. And then the Lord said, yep, you should have listened to me for, or should have maybe. Just consulted me a little bit as we prepare for a hymn of invitation. Father, we bow our heads before you just asking that your will would be done in our lives. Dear Lord, trials, troubles, uh, difficulties may we allow them to bring you glory. May we turn to you May we uplift your name. May we not deny the faith. And even, kind of like was stated in the, in the movie, when we win, we praise you. And when we lose, let us praise you. In life, that's the way we need to be. That's what your word teaches. Uh, what your word states. Let us give you all the honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen.